This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Rural Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show every single day, 8am UK time, bringing you all of the latest Arsenal information, having discussions and chats and conversations with you guys in our live chat box, making it part of your morning routine. You grab your orange juice, you grab your tea, your breakfast, whatever, you sit down, you chuck on the Guna Talk and you have your morning. And that's how it works. As simple as that. And thank you ever so much for continuing to join me. I'm well aware that you have to get up a little bit earlier, as you may be intended to on a Saturday, as it is today. But we are now officially halfway through, which is good to know. We're halfway through the international break. Soon, football as we know it will be back on our screens. And I, for one, could not be more thankful for it. I hope you're doing good and well today, people. Good morning, Josh, Colin, Hare, uh, Jose, Matt, Kigi, uh, good morning, Lewis, Olu, uh, Bunmi. Uh, so lots of you guys in the chat box as well. Thank you all so much uh, for joining in. Uh, but let's crack on with the formalities and start with, of course, telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. And there is extra incentive for you to go and subscribe today because if you do go over there by clicking the link in the description, you will be able to go and watch the latest instalment of Tom versus Bailey in the showdown, uh, in which I intend to continue on embarrassing myself, quite frankly. Um, so please do go and watch it. Um, please don't go give it a watch after you've watched today's show, of course. it's uh, We do dizzy penalties, we do uh, random ball uh, penalties as well, and we do uh, random shoe penalties in, in this episode. I, for one, am going to intend on desperately trying to beat Bailey as soon as possible. In the next episode, I'm actually going to take things a lot more seriously. I'm going to bring my A game. Uh, hopefully, the little bit of weight loss that we've gone through will hopefully help as well. Uh, been in the gym going, you know, leg day. Do not skip leg day. It's got to be on for those power shots. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least, how episode three goes down. But please do go check out episode two. 
in all of its embarrassing, for me, glory. Uh, please do go do that. Anyway, we start off with a story about Aaron Ramsdale and Bakayo Saka. There's not loads to talk about today, to be honest. So there's going to be a lot of uh, emphasis on you guys in the chat box asking questions towards the end of the show. So please make sure you're prepped and ready with your questions for the discussion. But we start off with Ramsdale's quote about Saka saying, Agent Saka, he said. That's what he says. He said, the manager spoke to me, uh, talked to him a couple of times, and thankfully he gave a good review of me. And this is interesting because it means that obviously the manager is using the likes of Saka in the England setup to get a feel for possible targets, not just Saka, but players that are playing in other nations as well. And this leads to possibilities that maybe a couple of other England internationals in the form of Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins could also receive the Bukayo Saka treatment. And Agent Saka could in fact be used to talk about these guys very positively to the manager and uh, possibly getting his good books. Arsenal need to bring in a striker in the summer of 2022 we know that they are looking at strikers and both Watkins and Dominic Calvert-Lewin have had their names brought up in different media circles as possible targets that the Gunners could move for amongst the likes of Dusan Vlervic, uh, Yusuf Enesri uh, and another striker that we're going to be talking about in a second but Agent Saka could be doing the good work over in the England camp that is for sure now the reason I talk about strikers because £50 million release clause sporting Lisbon striker Thiago Tomas is the other player that Arsenal are still supposedly interested in. Now, we've actually done a tactical breakdown way back when talking about Thiago Tomas, talking about how he is as a player and how good he is. He's still exceptionally young, only 19 years of age, but he continues to impress in Portugal. Although not scoring this season, which I know goes against uh, <laughs> any kind of thing that I've just said. He's been mainly coming off the bench uh, in the end of games. He's only been coming on for like four minutes, seven minutes, six minutes, eight minutes off the bench, um, which obviously isn't giving him enough to time to score. But if you look at his record last season and how he was impacting upon things for sporting, already at just 18 years of age, you've got three goals and two assists in his kind of loads of substitute appearances for sporting. Uh, and he's really making kind of a big impression on the international stage as well, already getting into the Portuguese under-21 side and scoring. He's an interesting player. I wouldn't say he's someone that I'd turn around and go, yeah, like we should definitely bank on him to be the number one because I think there are lots of young strikers out there like Karim Adeyemi, for instance, that have got a better record uh, than Thiago Tomas. But you also have to remember that the £50 million is just his release clause it's very likely that if he was to move on, he would move on for uh, a very much a different price. Amandeep, three goals in 42 games. Perfect for us. You need to talk about context. He's played a hell of a lot more games off the bench in the last few minutes of games for his uh, for his age, as you would expect, and with the players that Sporting have got. Um, so do take that into consideration before you just disregard the guy and go and have a watch of him because he does look like he's got a lot of talent. But... I do agree that if Arsenal are going to be moving for a striker in the upcoming summer, I don't want them going for the 19-year-olds. I don't want them going for these guys that are just coming up. We need to see someone established. That's why we talked about Ollie Watkins and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Yusuf Enesri. Like We need to talk about these guys. We need to talk about the fact that these are players that are reaching 
the mid-20s, going in towards their prime years as a footballer, and they're going to have an immediate impact on the Arsenal team, whereas a player like Thiago Tomas is not necessarily going to do that. And you've also got to think about, if you were to sign someone like Thiago Tomas, you've got following Balogun that's a year or two older than him, and you're arguably then bringing in a player that's going to compete alongside him, and Arsenal would then be left with a 20-year-old and a 19-year-old as their main two strikers, which just isn't that clear. Now, you have to think about, if Aubameyang's going to leave this summer, Lacazette could leave this summer, and is probably going to leave this summer, and then you're thinking about bringing in Thiago Tomas as well as someone else, then maybe I can get more on board with that. But the problem is, is that bringing in one kind of main striker that's in their, say, mid-20s, say that they get injured or suspended or, you know, catch any kind of test that means they have to miss a load of games, then you've got your 19-year-old and your 20-year-old as your only backups. That's That's kind of the issue for me in that sense. But maybe... The club know what they're doing. Maybe we need to put trust in their transfer recruitment because let's be real, Arsenal's recruitment over the last couple of seasons has been absolutely spot on. I have been so impressed, been surprised, been really turned around on the idea. I remember when we sat here and said it was a 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10 transfer window. I mean, all the people that said it was a 4 or a 3 or a 2, you got to say, you got to hold your hands up. you got to hold your hands up and say, look, I was wrong about that because... The signings that we've made, the players that we've brought in, have definitely improved the squads. I thought that Martin Erdegaard was really the only one that was improving things prior to Tommy Asu, but you have to be real. Ramsdale, upgrade on Leno. Ben White, upgrade on Holding. Tommy Asu, upgrade on Hector Bellerin. Erdegaard comes in, starts every single week. Lukonga is starting, and a lot of people I know, you guys, would, <laughs> a lot of you guys would have started him over Granit Xhaka. I wouldn't yet, personally, and if Xhaka was fit, I'd still be playing him, but he's looking a real talent. Nuno Tavares, great backup for Kieran Tierney. Gabriel that came in last season, Thomas Parson that came in last season, both starters. The signings that we are making are going into the first team and they are improving upon the lineup. So you can't harsh that you can't harsh that recruitment, and Arteta is very very much been part of that too. So credit where credit is due. Lastly, before we go into your questions in the chat box, uh, two articles to point you in the way of from myself over on Football.London. The first of all being talking about the Arsenal Qatari takeover talk resurfacing as we talked a bit on yesterday's show, going into some of the reasons as to why it probably won't happen getting some quotes from experts in the field that genuinely know their stuff. So if you want to find out some legitimate reasons as to why the Qatari takeover is probably going to frustrate you if you wanted it to happen and why it's probably not going to happen, go give that a read. And the other article is about how Cristiano Ronaldo, of all people, can come in and have an interesting impact on one of our youngsters. When I say coming, I don't mean to Arsenal, but his presence in the Manchester United side is having a detrimental impact on one of their other players that you can probably tell from the thumbnail. Um, and that can have a very positive impact on the status of one of our young forgotten players. So please make sure uh, you go and have a look at them. Um, but that concludes all of the news. Still managed to go for 10 minutes on that. Um, so if we do want to move on for the next section of the show, which is your questions, your queries, your thoughts and your theories, then please do throw them into the chat box and we will go through as many of them as feasibly possible. If you haven't already, uh, and I know a lot of you have already checked it out, but do go watch my interview with Mo Farah, four times Olympic gold medalist over on the Arsenal way. And as pointed out already, you can go watch our Football Fun Day video from yesterday where I was joined by Bailey for the showdown. So make sure 
you go and watch all of the content over on the Arsenal Way. Got another interview coming out over the weekend. I think there's two more interviews actually coming out for you this weekend over on the Arsenal Way. Uh, and there'll be plenty more comment, comments and content coming out for you guys on the channel. Members, because there was no because uh, there was no game this week where we'd usually have you on for the preview, probably going to be looking at doing a podcast with some of the members over the next couple of days or so. So make sure if you're in our Discord server and you're one of our members, make sure you watch out for that because we'll be looking to get as many of you guys on as possible. We may also do a phone-in show to talk about some hot topics so make sure you keep your eyes peeled to the Twitter at the Good Talk TV and, of course, the YouTube community tab as well for all the latest information. Let's jump into the chat now, then. Let's go to Alan Chatterton, who says, Evening from New Zealand. Love all your content analysis. Much appreciated. Thank you, Alan. I spotted you in the chat box before, so if you're a new listener, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, good morning, Wilson. Good morning to everybody that's joining us in here today. Um, Alex says, can Arsenal bag all 12 points between now and Liverpool? Now, obviously, we're playing what uh, Crystal Palace, we're playing Aston Villa, we're playing Leicester, and we've got, who have we got after Leicester? Is it Watford or West Ham? Let me just have a quick check of the fixtures. I know our next three is that fourth one. That's We've obviously got Leeds as well, but it is Watford. I was right. Yes, Watford. So, we play Aston Villa after Crystal Palace. That's really weird because we play Palace on the Monday and then just a few days later, we play Aston Villa. And it's, I don't know how they've done that for scheduling, but that doesn't sit right, to be honest. Teams are getting way more recovery time than we are, um, even though we're not playing any European football, which is mental. But we'll be playing a game just one, two, three, four days later, which is ridiculous, but that's what we're doing. We then have Leeds... On Tuesday in the Carabao Cup, followed by Leicester on that Saturday at 12.30 for the early kickoff. We never like an early kickoff, but we did well at Leicester last season. And then Watford at 2pm on Sunday, November 7th. That will be an interesting game. Uh, a must, must, must win. Can we get 12 points, Alex? There's nothing to say that we can't. I'd be banking on 10 from 12, probably again. But that would still be a very, very good uh, return. The Mongoose says, Tom, who's your favourite drum and bass DJ? I've got so many Mongoose. I mean, my go-tos are usually like the Sub Focus and Dimension. Um, but I do quite like quite like a lot of liquid stuff at the moment, like Makoto, um, Flavor D, um, and some really good up-and-coming hospital records artists as well. So uh, Kino, who else am I like a new tone? There's loads. I can't give you one, I'm afraid. There's just so many uh, for you to go and check out. So uh, big love to the to the shout-outs of the drum and bass. Loving the uh, DMB community getting in here, as always. Cole Jan says, how long to Aaron Ramsdale becomes England's number one? I predict that he'll start the World Cup 2022. Gareth Southgate is very, very loyal to Jordan Pickford. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Ramsdale will have to have a mad season this year and continue that to next season as well to then claim that top spot because he does like Jordan Pickford, but there is all the hope in the world that he can obviously take that yes kc2 dimension all the way go and check out his new album organ if you haven't already i say new it came out what ages ago i think the end of last year but it's an amazing album so you should go listen to it cast says briefly read about the other 19 clubs holding an emergency meeting regarding newcastle's takeover obviously not happy as they thought the premier league didn't want it to happen it's obviously look at the end of the day you are going to see opposition it's someone coming in with loads of money. They know that makes in every level of the competition, every level of the league, make things more difficult. There's one less team 
that can go down for those that are at the bottom. It's one more team that can compete for the European places. It's not going to please anyone. And of course, the previous resistance to the Saudi-led consortium taking over the club meant that they thought it wasn't going to happen. But things changed and now it has done. And I'm not surprised to see them trying to, you know, oppose it. I don't see anything changing. I don't see it being stopped. It will still happen. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll follow the story. But I don't think Cass is going to be any differences. Rich has to be uh, making me feel old for Pendulum. I saw Pendulum the other week, Richards. Um, so you don't have to feel old, mate. Absolutely amazing. Of course, Kodish, Paul Kodish, formerly of Pendulum, has appeared several times on the channel. Is very much ingrained in our TGT WhatsApp group. So uh, we've got our, our strong links to Pendulum. Don't you worry. Uh, Brad says, who would you rather see win the league? Newcastle or Man City? Uh, Man City. Uh, I suppose Man City because it's, you know, I feel like they, they've they kind of established themselves not only with the money they've spent. It's the less not lesser of two evils, but it's they've built up things. They've brought in players. They've now developed an academy. They're bringing players through like Phil Foden. So I probably would rather Man City than Newcastle, um, but it's a horrible choice. I wouldn't want either of them to win the league, but if you were forcing me, I'd rather Man City to win it over. The other one, uh, Alex says, which managers currently in work are interesting you as possible plan Bs for Arteta if it all falls apart? My favourite is Gerardo uh, C1. Um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is, and that's probably quite bad. Uh, I'm going to check who that is. Who is he the manager of? Uh, manager of Bayer Leverkusen. Um, that completely. Uh, how are you even pronounce it? So many vowels in his surname. Uh, how is he doing with uh, Bayer Leverkusen? Because, of course, he, I'm assuming he's the guy that took over from Peter Bosch. My knowledge of German football has gone way down after last season and now focusing very much on Arsenal. Um, he's fluent in English and Spanish and French and Italian and Portuguese. He's, he's been around the block of his languages. He used to be the manager of Young Boys in Switzerland and did very well with them and Luzern. Uh, but he's obviously coming from... You get a lot of Swiss coaches these days, isn't he? I mean, you've got like the Lucian Favre and now he goes... Oh, you get a lot of them now. I can't think of any more. Petkovic? Is Petkovic? Is he Swiss-Bosnian? Petkovic? Is that right? Let me check. Uh, Vladimir Petkovic is a Bosnian-Swiss. There you go. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a few I mean would I take him I don't know enough about him but in terms of my kind of plan B uh, Sione is that is how you pronounce it Sione thank you Alex um, I don't know enough about him to, to say if I'd take him my plan B I mean I'd, if Antonio Conte is there I'm taking it all day long all day long so uh, that's that's all I can say on managers I wouldn't even go to a plan CDE go get Antonio Conte if you can it's as simple as that, even though I don't think it would be. Christophe Gautier has proven to be a very good coach. Won the league at Lille. He's gone to Nice, doing good things there. It's not a bad shout, Mini. It's not a bad shout whatsoever. Lou Robinson, DMB junglist here, AFC for life. Thank you, Lou, for tuning in. And uh, respects for the, uh, the DMB life, as always. Yeah, jungle, jungle's kind of something that... I moved away from jungle a little bit to more liquid stuff, but you can't you can't ever fully break away from the love of any genre of drum and bass. To be fair, but yeah, my head's very much in the in the liquid scene at the moment. Um, Walk says, where do we need to finish for Dominic Calvert Lewin to decide? Just in Europe and with Everton not in Europe, it's as simple as that. I think if you get Europa League, Everton aren't in any European football. I think that is enough that you'd be able to convince him. He's as far as we're aware an Arsenal fan as well, same as Ollie Watkins. So plenty of things to consider um 
Let's go to Den, uh, Sideline Talk. It says, morning, mate. Uh, I think Arteta is the main man right now. If we bring in another central midfielder or an upgraded striker on Lacazette, we could really be cooking. Getting the best out of Partey before and after the African Cup of Nations is important too. I think that centre midfielder and striker is going to be our priorities in the upcoming summer window. Whether we do anything in January is yet to be seen. I think that will be more based around any injuries or suspensions or the AFCON. But I think most of our... You know, I think most of our uh, what we'll be doing is going to be happening in uh, in the summer. I wouldn't see any kind of movement in wise in January. I think if you're hoping for that, you'll be disappointed. But you never know. Football's a surprising sport, so maybe things will change. Megamo says, with the shortage of strikers in football, I don't think there is a shortage of strikers. I don't think there is. I think it's a bit of a myth that there's a shortage of strikers out there at the moment. When you talk about the Premier League, you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you've got Ollie Watkins, you go into Spanish football, you've got Alexander Rizak, you've got, uh, you go into kind of the Bundesliga and you've got Patrick Schick, you've got, it's Italy, you've got Dusan Vlervic, staying with Spain, you've got Yusuf Nezri. Um, who else can we talk about that is a possible striker that Arsenal could sign? Yus- uh, Adeyemi, um, trying to think of anything else, anywhere else, but that's not really a shortage, is it? Like, there's there's quite a few there that you could be looking at that are all within the range of and the realms of possibility. Uh, I'd quite like us to move on Nicolas Pepe. I know that's not the most popular opinion, but I'm pretty much of the view now that I think that we should be looking to move him on, bringing in someone else. I'd be looking at maybe a Pedro Gonçalves for a Sporting Lisbon. I think someone a lot more multi-dimensional, not so predictable, someone that's got loads more goals in them. Uh, I like the idea of a Pedro and Chalvez. I think he's probably the next big thing to come out of Portugal, despite, I think, now being near 24. Um, he's not kind of a, an absolute youngster anymore. How old is Pedro? He's he's 23, he'll be 24 next June. Uh, he's not exactly the, the, the like you know a golden boy anymore. He's certainly someone that's 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 old enough. I think that's adding also some experience. Jonathan David's another striker. Ozymen. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, a myth that there's not that many strikers out there, and I think they are accessible to Arsenal. I think we've shown by the signing signings that we've made, like Martin Odegaard joining from Real Madrid, bringing in spending 150 million pounds last summer. We are still certainly a, a club that I think can attract those. Move on, Pepe. Are you mad, Tom? Yes, Wilson. I'm very mad, but I'm not mad about this opinion. I just think that if we can upgrade on Nicolas Pepe, we should. I've kind of, I've not reached the end of my tethers a bit harsh, but I've kind of reached the end of what I'm comfortable with putting in more time into. I'd sell him. I'd get 25 to 30 million for him, which I was chastised for on the Arsenal Lounge the other day. But I'd, I'd just move. I'd move him on, and I'd bring in someone that's less predictable that brings us more assists and goals. If you think about it, he scored 15 Premier League goals in 65 Premier League appearances. We need more than that. We need more than 15 league goals in 65 league games. That is not good enough. We need more than that. From a, from we can't just be relying on the striker. So I'm I'm bringing him in. I'm giving more time to Saka as a right winger, and I'm bringing in someone to play on the left. So that's that's what I do. It's as simple as that. Game boy, no, I wouldn't place Pepe at striker. You know why? Because he's not a striker. We need to stop putting square pegs in round holes and trying to make it work. I I just don't think that's the way forward for this club. We need to be buying buying players that are going to go in straight into the team in the position that they play best and that they can establish themselves and transition easily and hit the ground running. That's what we need to do. There's no point trying to change players now 
let's push forward and improve this team. In fact, the piece, I wrote a piece that's coming out, uh, I think actually it's just gone out, uh, about this and about how I think selling um, Nicholas Pepe. And I think you look at someone like Kingsley Coman, and I know that people might go, are you mad, Kingsley Coman? Well, he's rejected all of the transfer offers from Bayern Munich. He may be up for a new challenge. It may require us to get a bit fortunate and win a top four place, but we should not be going, we ain't going to get him. We ain't getting him. Let's push the boat out a bit. Let's be a bit more ambitious. If we want to get back into the top four, we want to get back into where we want to be. Let's not just undersell ourselves continuously. Let's go and sign the big players. Let's go and sign more players. We've got money. We're spending money hand over fist. Actually show a bit of bite. People are going, oh, Newcastle are going to buy up everyone. Well, they haven't got any European football. They haven't got anything. So how are they going to buy all these players? And yet you're turning around and telling me that Arsenal can't go and sign these guys. Yet they've got way more pedigree than Newcastle. It's contradictory. Why should it, If you're worried about Newcastle having all this money, but you're sitting there and saying, that well, Arsenal can't buy the Kingsley Coman. They can't go out and buy a Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Why not? Well, it's contradictory, surely, to believe that because Newcastle aren't in anything at the moment. We are spending still fair amounts of money. Money talks. Let's big them up. Let's 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 go and sign those players. It's the amount of people I see that are like turning their noses up at Raheem Sterling. How are you turning your nose up at Raheem Sterling? This guy has scored goals after goal after goal for Manchester City. He creates stuff. He's multidimensional. He's versatile. He's turning 27, I think, very soon. England international was England's most important player during the Euros. And people are going, no, not good enough. Not good enough. Are you mad? <laughs> he's playing for Man City. He plays. I know he's not playing as regularly because they brought in a hundred million pounds worth of Jack Grealish, so they have to be playing Jack Grealish. But otherwise, he'd be getting in the team. I don't get it. I really don't understand the contradictory nature of some of the opinions that form in the minds of our fans. But they're there, and and they they're there. But it's strange. It's strange. It's really strange. Um, yeah, that's crazy. He's better. He's way better than Pepe. Let's start there. Exactly. As long as a player's getting into one of the top four teams and gets into those top four teams, you buy them. That's the, that's how you close the gap. We have to sign players that will get into the teams around us. And we've started to do that. If you think about it, Thomas Partey gets into those teams. I'd argue that Gabriel Magalash is going to be good enough to get into those teams. I'll be, I mean, there's, there's a strong argument that Gabriel can develop into a better player than Harry Maguire at Manchester United. There's a strong argument that he could get into that Liverpool side alongside Virgil van Dijk. There's a strong argument that he could go and, you know, compete with the likes of, of Laporte for that left centre-back role alongside a John Stones or with uh, a Ruben Diaz alongside him. I think Gabriel is, is improving every single game and looking to be a top-quality player. Aaron Ramsdale has proven to be better than Leno. If you're looking at Manchester United, I reckon Man United, if you're looking at him right now and their fans, they look at Ramsdale and go, he'd be getting an over De Gea. He'd be getting over Dean Henderson. If you're looking at Liverpool, Alisson, you're looking at Man City, Edison, those two are far and away the best keepers in the league. Chelsea, Eduard Mendy, I like Eduard Mendy, I'll be real, but I think Ramsdale can be a really good run for his money right now. He's proven to be a great player. Right backs, Tommy Asu. Manchester United, would I take Aaron Wan-Bissaka over Tomiyasu? No, I wouldn't. Not right now. I wouldn't take that gamble. Would you take that gamble? Because I wouldn't. Martin Erdegaard is 23, turning 23 very soon, if not already, and looking like a really, really good addition to the team. The amount of creativity he brings, the pressing he brings. 
is too good. And we are adding these players that are pushing us towards our targets. Ben White still needs to convince a lot. Ben White's got a big, big task on his hands to convince everybody. There's still a lot of doubts around him, but he's got loads of potential too. And in the summer, if we go, if we go into the summer and we bring in a quality striker and we bring in a quality central midfielder, Arsenal have one of the best teams in the league. And then, and then it points to the manager. And then you turn around and you go, Mikel Arteta, you've got the base. You've got the team. You've now got to achieve with the team. I was talking to James Bench. If you haven't watched my show with him the other day, please do. James Bench says that we have the fifth best squad in the league. And I really struggle to disagree with him. I don't know which... You look at Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Man United. Do Spurs, Leicester, West Ham, Everton have better team, a better squad than us? I don't think they do. There are no excuses for this team not to try and get into the top six this season. And if we add a world-class midfielder and a world-class striker or the potential to become a world-class striker next summer, we should be pushing to get to that top four. It'd be tough. But Man United are vulnerable while they've got Solskjaer. As long as they've got Solskjaer, they're vulnerable. Ronaldo's introduction... Is is going to divide people. It's going to, you know, he scores a lot of goals, but does he have an impact on the likes of Greenwood? I still think they did the right thing in signing him and not letting him go to Manchester City because at Man City, he would have absolutely ruined the league, ruins the league. But I think they're vulnerable. And I think that Chelsea under Tuchel, Tuchel's done great things. Won a Champions League, got into an FA Cup final, got them top four. But Tuchel has shown at Dortmund and at PSG is a bit of a ticking time bomb and eventually... He's a ticking Tuchel. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't avoid the alliteration. Um, but he could find himself running out of steam and that friction again building up with the Chelsea hierarchy. And he does tend to have those issues in the in after a couple of years. So we'll see where Chelsea are at. But Arsenal need to be smart in the market. They've been smart in the market and we will see what happens. But what I would say to anyone and where this kind of point stems from is if you're worried about Newcastle and yet you don't think Arsenal can compete in the market to sign players when we've signed more than anyone else last summer, or rather we spent more than anyone else last summer, that's a contradiction. So we know Arsenal can spend. We know we can improve the squad. We know we've got a technical director that's working to improve the squad and has proven to do it. Now we need to see it in the long term and now we need to see the results on the pitch and as we go back to that question, I think it may have been Alex that asked us. Um, no, I don't think it was Alex. I think it was someone else asked, do we get 12 points for the next four games? If we want to be achieving our targets, we need to get 12 points for the next four games. Let's go into those. If we get 10, I'm happy with that. That's a really good return from Leicester, Watford, Aston Villa and Crystal Palace. But 12 out of 12 would be a real statement and arguably would push Arteta onto another Manager of the Month award. By the way, we didn't talk about that. A massive congratulations to Mikel Arteta on winning Manager of the Month. There is uh, an opportunity here for Arsenal to to push forward and to improve on last season. And we need to do it and we need to see it. And there is all the potential and quality in this squad to do that. So we will see. Manu says, do you regret the Pepe signing? I don't, I didn't do it. <laughs> so I can't be regret it. I didn't do it. Um, I don't blame the club for doing it at the time. I probably would have rather have seen a sign Zaha with the benefit of hindsight. It is what it is. Um but uh, I can't regret it. It wasn't my signing. So this I can't regret it, really. I, maybe the club do, but I can't regret it. Uh, your mama says, uh, would you prefer we sign a DLP, in the, a deep line playmaker in the Xhaka mould, such as a Bruno Gimaraes or a more attacking eight that will allow us to play a Man City S4-3-3 like a Bernardo Silva? Uh, I don't know. 
It's a good question. I don't know because I don't know what formation Arteta still wants to finalise. Does he? If he wants to four-two-three-one, then you go with your first. Your deep, your deep line play. I can't speak today. Your deep line playmaker. If you want to play a four-three-three, then you go with someone in the the number eight mark role, like a, a Bernardo Silva. It's yeah, a Christopher and Kunku is a great shout. Like. I'd love to see a sign someone like that that just adds a little bit of flair, a little bit of bite, some goals to the midfield. I want to see a bit more of that. So that's that's what I do. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. We've been going for half an hour and we got a lot out of the show and I didn't think there was a lot to talk about today. So there you go. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show if you'd like to help support the channel you can by becoming a member and joining our discord server if you indeed do become an expert member or a tgt ambassador as i said we'll be doing a podcast with some of our members over the next few days probably tomorrow um so please make sure you tune in for that goodness uh, do go check out the arsenal way link is in the description to the football fun day video the showdown with me and bailey episode two is now out and my interview with four times olympic gold medalist uh, mo farah do go check out all of that lovely, lovely content. I will see you again very, very soon, guys. A fantastic week, and if I don't see you before then, but as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.